G'day friends, welcome back. The AFLW is back again, round one for the eighth season of the women's competition. It's the uh, it's the week off in the men's before the finals. You might have thought, oh, there's no fucking footy on. Well, there's no fucking... But there is. The girls were playing. The AFLW started with round one, as many competitions do. And you can people who have followed the AFLW can see the difference here. There is better football being played, scoring not completely, but like as an average is up. The quality of the play is up. Ball movement has improved. It's it's blatantly obvious how much the ball movement has improved. That's what stood out to me straight away there was an enormous amount of player movement over the off season something like a third of the competition changed clubs so this is something that has happened a lot throughout the entire existence of the aflw um it's an interesting quirk um but we're starting to see and, and there, there were things that happened this weekend that don't often happen and that being upsets so We've, we've, we've now got all of the teams in the AFLW competition. We started off with eight, we went to 10, then we went to 14, and now we've gone to 18. That happened very quickly, and the, the original clubs were always much stronger than the expansion clubs, just because they got the first access to all the best players. But now that, the comp- now that there are so many players moving clubs, the competition's spreading out, evening out we're starting to get upsets we had brisbane getting beaten by richmond now brisbane over the offseason lost three probably of their best players wardlaw has gone to st kilda she was the number one goal kicker in the competition last season they lost emily bates who's a league best and fairest winner to hawthorne and Greta Bodie, one of their most important forwards as well, also to Hawthorne. So we're seeing the leveling out of the competition. They lose a handful of incredibly good players, and now you know they're they're right back with the pack, probably. You know, um, and I think this is fantastic. I think it's amazing. Now, what I'm going to do again this season, and this will probably be the last season that I do this because I feel like I'm doing pretty well is I'm just going to, obviously, every week, every week I will watch the St. Kilda game, obviously, um, and then I will pick one other game, you know, the game that to me seems like it's the best one of the weekend, just so I get to watch the best football possible, um, and I will analyze that game as well. So just two games a week, and I'll, if, if there are other really important things happening, I'll mention that here and there. Um, and when we get to finals, I will review every single finals game. But through the home and away season, just so I can... Because I don't think my knowledge is good enough to review all nine games every week well enough. I just don't think it is. I don't know all of the players well enough. Like, I know a hand, at least a handful of players, excuse me, from every team. But that's not enough. And I don't. I don't know... Like the coaches, I don't know the game styles. I I just don't know enough to I think do a good job reviewing every single game. I tried that for a few seasons. I was spread way too thin. It just wasn't working. So 
yes, I think I think by the end of this season I'll be pretty sweet, and come next year I'll be able to do every single game. It's also hard because we've still got the the men's footy on. There's Star Wars stuff that I'm doing, so there is a lot of podcasting that I have to do. So something has to make way. Um, it was easier when the women's season was in the summer, but that was obviously never never going to stay that way. So it, it'll continue to be in the winter. Um, but yes, so this weekend, obviously I've done the North versus St Kilda game and I went for the Sydney Derby, the Swans and the Giants. Fantastic game. One of the upsets that I mentioned was this game. Let's get into it. That was a long intro. Let's talk North Melbourne and St Kilda. Uh, pretty disappointing start to St Kilda's year, not going to lie. Um, it's it's really, really early on, but there, there was a lot to take out of this game from a St Kilda point of view. We just started off just way too slow, way, way too slow. North Melbourne are a very good team, and they might finally go all the way this year. This like that they're one of the original sides for those who don't know and they've never like they've gotten to prelims a couple of times but they've never been able to get to a grand final let alone win one. That they've had a good team basically all the way through and they just haven't quite been able to compete with Adelaide and Brisbane and your Carlton's who and the Bulldogs for a bit there as well and Melbourne more recently, who have just been consistently good for their entire existence. Um, But they just might this year because they look excellent. But yes, St Kilda started off way too slow. I've got a lot of questions about our ball movement, right? Because the, the, the first half was horrendous, right? We were getting plenty of the ball. Like we had no problem turning it over in the middle, in the back line. But when we'd start to move it, chipping sideways slowly just just not executing basic you know 20 meter passes you know inviting unnecessary pressure on the players but then and and we found ourselves scoreless at halftime it was it was the, uh what were they six goals and we had none something like that so you know really really poor first half but then in the second half, we were like a different team. We were like a completely different team. Suddenly, we were attacking through the corridor. We were putting more pressure on. We were getting under the skin of the opposition. The Our handballs were like fast and in and out of traffic, and we were running with the ball. We looked completely different. And we were able to, for basically the entire third quarter, we were able to hold the ball in our forward half. Um, we, we kicked one goal four or something. So we wasted our opportunities, but that was a very good sign to see that we were capable of changing like that 
and improving in game. My question is why wasn't that how we, why wasn't that the whole game? Like just just taking the game on fast up the middle is a pretty easy, you know, like it doesn't take a lot of practice to do that, to do it well and to not be stopped is a different thing, but the the whole first half was just like, oh yeah, we'll just chip it up the wing just from one contest to another and just hope. No, just just go crazy. Just try and take ground and see what happens. Get a bit of mayhem. Like the St. Kilda list is not as talented as some of the others. St. Kilda is one of the expansion sides, um, not one of the more recent expansion sides. We were in the middle. Um, so yeah, we do, you know we don't have an enormously talented list. We've bought in a lot of talent in this off season. We've recruited really, really well. Um, but gee whiz, yeah, just take the game on and see what happens. And I, I love that Dal went with that, and I hope we see that from the first bounce against Essendon this week coming. If we continue to play bold, we might just have our best season yet. Couple of players I want to highlight. Um, a couple, couple of players that have been with St Kilda since the beginning. So this is their fourth season now. With the club, is that right? 20, 20, 21, 22 times two. This is the fifth season of St Kilda. Um, Nicola Zenos played, I, I, I would say this is the best game of her career. She's played a couple of games where she's kicked a few goals and, and you know done really well in the forward half. She was in the middle, on ball today, on ball, but sort of forward half as well. But she just tackled everything that moved. The pressure that she was applying was unbelievable. Some of the you know best pressure I've seen an AFLW player put out. It, it was so impressive. She was best. She was St Kilda's best for mine. Um, yeah, I thought she was excellent. And and I feel like you can also see with her and a couple of the other girls who were sort of the same age and have been around for the same amount of time. The the improvement in the kicking. The kicking is is where. There is improvement to be found at St Kilda, and and like a couple of like decision making, sort of adjacent things as well. But I thought her kicking was really good too. Um, Hannah Priest, big part of uh, the reason we're able to get a lot better in the second half, is that she went and tagged Jazz Garner. Now Garner was ripping us to pieces, and I'll get to her when I talk about North Melbourne. But she was just fucking destroying us, and Priest who has spent some of her career in the back line, a little bit in the midfield. She's the skipper. Um, She was given the role, go into the middle and try and nullify Garner's influence. And I thought in the third quarter, especially, she did a fantastic job, an absolutely fantastic job. So um, I really appreciated what she did there. Just a handful of other names I want to mention who I thought played quite well. Hannah Stewart, I really like her uh, up forward. She's, you know, a little bit unpredictable. She's really like agile and, you know, she knows where the goals are. Um, I thought she was great. Vesely, really great at just putting her head over the ball. She, she's done this since day dot and I thought she was excellent again on the weekend. Like our midfield got beat up pretty well, um, but she was one of our best in the middle. A um, couple of the girls that we brought in from Collingwood, I thought were excellent. Lambert didn't get heaps of the ball, but what she did get, you can see the class that we've brought to the club. 
Um, she's a Collingwood Best and Fairest winner. She's an All-Australian, I think, on more than one occasion, um, and just makes good decisions, is patient with ball in hand, doesn't rush. Um, I thought she was great. Kiyochi, I knew that Kiyochi could play. I, I had... I knew exactly the caliber of player that we were bringing in. I believe she was Collingwood's captain last year and, and perhaps before that as well. Um, I had no idea what an elite kick she was. Her and Grace Kelly as well. Now, Grace Kelly was at the club last year, um, but was coming back from an Achilles, I think it was, so she didn't play. Um, so this was her first game for St Kilda. Also, really good by foot. The two of them... Um, and, and this is, we've desperately needed this as in Kilda players who can kick the ball really well. Um, I thought they were both fantastic. Um, so I really like Kelly as sort of the key back and then Kiyochi on the wing is really going to help when we transition our ball out of the back half to have players in, you know, both areas of the ground who can kick the ball really well. Um, and I thought Natalie Plain was really good as well. Another recruit into the club, um, yeah, just I like players who just are hard at it, and she was hard at it, and she did a couple of good things as well. Um, Wardlaw is another... I mentioned Wardlaw before. Another player that we bought in, leading goal kicker in the competition from last year, struggled in this game because there was just no supply. It's hard when you're a forward when you just the ball isn't coming in. <laughs> like the entire first half, we, the ball was hardly in our forward half. So um, hard for her. When this is happening, when you have a player of her talent, and I was saying this about G Train last year and in, in previous seasons as well, who's now gone to Richmond, um, when you got a key forward who is that talented, who who isn't you know involved in the game because they haven't the ball isn't going anywhere near them, just put them where the ball is. Look at what Brisbane's done with Joe Danaher this year. Have him be your second ruckman, and suddenly like he's you know had an almost. All Australian caliber year. Um, I would have thrown Wardlaw in as the second ruck for sure. Um, yeah, she was just getting no supply. Um, I'm sure she was getting, she got off the ground a couple of times and could, took a couple of really good contested marks, which I liked a lot. But, you know, her, her thing isn't, oh, I just kick goals. Like she's a really good player just in general as well. Um, so, yeah, I would have got her where the ball is because. Um, Nolder was getting smashed by by Emma King, who is um, an incredibly good ruck and just way too big for most other rucks in the competition. I, I, I really hope that we can get McKinnon back in the side soon. So McKinnon was having concussion problems. Um, I believe she is now back full training, no issues. She would have missed a fair bit of the preseason, I believe, with a concussion battle. Um, so she might not be match fit yet, um, but I hope she is soon because we needed her desperately in this game. Because like Nolder, like she has a red hot go and she's, you know, a perfectly adequate ruck option. Um, but she's she just got smashed by a, like a bigger opponent. She just couldn't physically go with King. I didn't think. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can get McKinnon back soon. And Patrikios is another one who I thought was okay in patches in this game, but just a bit too quiet by her standards. I don't know where, obviously she's a midfielder. I feel like she's getting a bit lost because you can see her in there. She's all, she's thereabouts all the time, but I just feel like she gets lost in stoppages. And when the ball's in transition, 
when the ball's when we're moving the ball, run and carry, that's when she's at her best. When she gets to run with the ball, when she gets outside, that's when she's at her best. Um, yeah, I think she really just needs to stay as an outside player. Let I, I would keep Priest in the middle, honestly. Priest in the middle, Vesley in the middle, probably Zenos in the middle as well, like on ball. Um, and, you know, we've got Dylan and Exxon, you know, who, who didn't play on the weekend, who can do that as well. And I'd keep your, your players like Patrikios just on the outside. She's a very good user. She doesn't need to be going in there and getting contested ball. Let the other players who are more, you know, suited to doing that, do that. And I think she can um, improve her football for sure. Um, but yeah, St. Kilda overall in this game, just brutally disappointing first half and just enormously better in the, in the second half. So keep that second half momentum going into next week for sure. North Melbourne, as I said, North Melbourne look excellent. They look really switched on. They are so tall. They are so tall, it's unfair. They've put together this incredibly competitive tall spine. They got talls down forward, down back. Their ruck is as, their ruck division is as competitive as any in the competition. They'll be very, very hard to beat this year. They, they need to at least get to a grand final. Melbourne's the other team who I think are going to be really, really hard to beat this year. Um, Brisbane have lost probably too much talent to contend again, you would think. They'll still be a very good team, um, but it'll be hard for them. So, And, you know, who knows what Fremantle are going to do. Fremantle are another team that have been around for a while and just haven't been able to get there. Um, so, you know, you wonder what their year, what they're going to be able to achieve. Um, but... I'll be watching North Melbourne just to see, you know, what they can achieve because th their list they don't they don't want for too much. They added Sheerlaw, who they poached fuckers from St Kilda. <laughs> um, she got a goal, so that's you know I'm happy for her. But she's just another tall, versatile. She can play at either end. She can push up onto the wing. Um, she's an incredibly versatile player that just makes them even more dangerous. And then they got all this talent in the middle. They got Garner, who I mentioned, um, who is one of the best midfielders in the competition. There, there are this group, this handful of midfielders spread throughout the competition. Most teams have got one um, who is just a superstar. Like there's your Garners, Monique Conti, um, Elise Parker is another one, Chloe Malloy is another one. If you're a club that's got one of these megastars, you are lucky. Um, so North Melbourne are lucky <laughs> to have Jazz Garner. What she did in the opening 30 seconds of this game just exploded out of the stoppage in the middle of the ground, ran forward, got the ball again, kicked a goal. I think it was inside 20 seconds. So um, that was a pretty bad omen for what St Kilda's day was going to look like, but just so impressive. She's an unbelievable player. I thought she had a pretty bloody good year last year as well, but was sort of, you know, shunned or ignored a little bit um, in terms of the league best in Ferris, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, she was fantastic. And Riddell as well, um, who just amasses disposals, uses it so well. What, what these really good players do, <clears throat> excuse me, what these really good players do in the AFLW, and, and this is where the AFLW as a competition can improve. If more players can do this, it becomes a much more 
oh God, excuse me. Um, it'll become more high scoring, more watchable. What these really good players do is when they get the ball, they don't need a rush. They just take their time. They don't dawdle, but they don't panic and just chuck the ball at their nearest teammate. They can take a moment. They can evade a tackle, take a couple of steps, make a really good decision that opens up the game for their team and can lead to a score. Right, This is something that, you know, most players in the AFLW at the moment probably don't, you know, have the skill to do just yet. But now as the as the ball movement in the league improves, there is this great opportunity to improve this aspect as well. Just not like you, you see it a lot in games, especially from the less experienced players, as I say. They get the ball, they feel the heat coming, or their teammates are yelling at them, you're hot. You know, they, they feel the pressure and they panic and you get a turnover, right? Or you get a sloppy free kick. There's so many free kicks getting paid. I'm going to get to the umpiring of this St Kilda North Melbourne game in a second. Um, but you get sloppy mistakes, right? And just being able to compose yourself, take a second, be, be more aware of your surroundings in terms of your opponents and your teammates, and just being able to make a a slightly better decision. If more players are able to do that, you will see an enormous improvement across the whole competition. So that's just something that you see these really excellent players being able to do, and it just rips your team apart. Like Garner and Riddell were ripping us apart because they just grab the ball, they take five steps, and then they make a great decision, and then North are out. So um, they are both fantastic players. The umpiring in this game was horrendous. This was some of the worst umpiring I've seen in any game of men's or women's football. Just 50-meter penalties for doing nothing, free kicks for doing... And this was, you know, it went both ways. It largely went against St Kilda, which is why I'm mentioning because I'm pissed off. Um, um, but just, like, just stupid shit that if, if, the, if that had been a men's game that was umpired like that, there would be uproar. It'd be like on the news, like this, this, these umpires were an absolute joke. So, you know, the AFL's working on improving the quality of the umpiring in the men's league, probably work on the women's league as well, because it was piss poor. It was horrendous. Um, alrighty, let's move on. Let's talk about Sydney and the Giants. This was a fantastic game. It was so much fun to watch. North Sydney Oval, um, what a great atmosphere. Only had five and a half thousand people there, but they were going mental. They were mostly Swans fans and they were going bananas. Now, Sydney got the win. And despite this being their second year in the competition, this was their first win ever as a club. First win ever. So it's pretty exciting, right? There was a fair bit of hype around this game. Um, the Sydney coach, Scott Gowans, was talking shit <laughs> pre-game about the Giants. He's like, the Giants are one of the inaugural sides and they've been terrible. <laughs> they've been shit <laughs> for eight years. <laughs> um, I thought that was, I thought it was, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And he, he probably didn't double down enough. He was, he was like semi-polite, but like, like he was just giving, giving him like whatever the like opposite of a backhanded compliment is. Cause he was like really politely saying that they fucking suck. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like, you know, despite being one of the original sides, most of whom have been pretty competitive, they've been ordinary, <laughs> the Giants. So I thought that was pretty funny. It didn't fire up the Giants enough, clearly. Um, yeah, Sydney. So yeah, a lot of build up to this game. Big off season for them. They went and got Chloe Malloy. They, they got her from Collingwood. She's, you know, made a big sea change, big career choice. Um, you know, she is another one of these superstars in the competition. If you're not super familiar with the AFLW, she is like, she reminds me of Toby Green. So she's a forward half player, a, a lot of time inside 50, but then will just occasionally jump in to a center bounce and spend a little bit of time in the midfield. That's the sort of player that she reminds me of. And it's the sort of caliber of player that she is. Um, she was unbelievable. She was unbelievable. Two goals, both checkies. The, the one that she kicked at the end of the third quarter, I don't, so I watched. I didn't watch the game live. I watched it after it had already happened, but and, and I'd already seen this highlight. Um, but watching it unfold live, I was going bananas because it was fucking awesome. Like halfway through the third quarter, so, so the Giants had been like pretty dominant for most of the game. Um couple of couple of good, you know, bits of play from Sydney. You'd see them get a couple of goals, but the Giants were 25 points in front halfway through the third quarter. Now, most AFLW games aren't super high scoring. Like you might get a good game like this with both teams scoring around the 50 point mark. So that's a pretty good game. Um but to know so to get a margin of 25 points in a game like this is pretty. It's a pretty big margin. You wouldn't think that, you know, the team that was behind was going to be catching up from there. See, the Giants were twenty-five points in front halfway through the third quarter. Then Sydney get two late goals. The second of which was this Chloe Malloy running banana from the pocket that was just awesome, and the crowd went crazy. They erupted, and going into three-quarter time with that kind of momentum is the reason Sydney won this game. The crowd was bubbling. There was energy all around the stadium. Their, their big, super-duper new recruit just kicked this big, super-duper goal. It was fucking awesome. So, well done to Chloe Malloy and, and the Swans for starting off the year really well. Another Swans player, a younger player, who was fantastic, is their new ruck. I believe she went across from the Giants last year, or maybe the year before. Four. See, this is where my knowledge is at. I don't know heaps. Anyway, her name's Ali Morfitt, and she'd be she'd she's one of, if not the tallest, players in the AFLW. She's 188 centimeters, something like that. She's got me covered, I tell you. Um, but she was unbelievable. She was unbelievable. One of the best games I've seen from an AFLW ruck. Um, she was unbelievable. She was kicking goals. She was dominating the hit outs. Um, she was taking marks around the ground. You know, she was playing like Rowan Marshall or Tim English, one of these guys, just everywhere, competitive, like throwing her weight around. She was like pushing people over. She's like, get the fuck out of my way. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It was awesome. Um, it was really interesting how the two teams approach the game differently. So it's a very short ground. So you got the two 50 meter arcs at the end. And then the center square, 
that they said it on the coverage, something like 25 meters long. So it's in, an incredibly short ground. It's almost ovular the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting how the two teams played so differently when they were moving the ball because Sydney just kept using the corridor. They played the way that I was desperate for St. Kilda to play, right? Just attacking the game right up the middle, not not trying to kick and mark and kick and mark, just, you know, run and carry and passing the ball off to your teammates and getting it back and just keeping it in motion, keeping it moving. And they, like, almost every single time, they went up the guts. And it was, you know, it's a good way to go because it's quick, <laughs> especially when you've got the ground that's so short. Go up the middle, you'll be there in two kicks. And it's basically what happened a few times. Um, so that was really interesting because the Giants did the opposite. They went around the wings. And there was, especially in the second, well, like the last 40 minutes of the game where Sydney really got on top, the Giants would have moved the ball from the, their back half to their forward half, going along the wing. They'd get to half forward somewhere and there would be a turnover and you would see Sydney immediately go up through the middle. And five seconds later, it was back at Sydney's forward end where the Giants had just spent all this time exiting from. It was so interesting to watch this play out. Um, so this is what I'm, this is, you know, how I'm going to benefit from watching like just a couple of games really in depth. Because look, I, I can never go to this level of analysis with the men's game because I'm spread too thin. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed watching this game. In terms of the Giants, um, I mentioned Elise Parker before. She's one of the superstars of the competition. She's fantastic. There's there's a couple of new rules that they've brought in for this season. So they're continually trying to improve the AFLW and increase scoring. And one of the things they've done this year um, is introduce a interchange cap. Norm, um, previously, it was uncapped. They can have as many interchanges they want. Now it's capped at 60 um, which is a pretty big change. Like to go from unlimited to 60 is a big, big change. They've also like um, increased the quarter length, marginally shortened the breaks, um, changed a few other things here and there. But what this interchange cap means is we're going to see more players who would normally go to the bench resting forward. And you will see it a lot. It will be these play, it will be these midfield guns who, all right. We, we can't have you go to the bench because we need to rest the players who need to rest more than you, like your key position players who maybe not necessarily can run all day, yeah? So we saw at points in this game, in the Sydney Giants game, where Elise Parker was being rested forward and she actually kicked their first goal. Um, so this will, be, this will be an interesting thing to see across the competition, how teams manage their best players specifically in terms of you know, how often they get to have a break. That'll be really interesting to watch. Another player for the Giants who had a fantastic game was Tani Evans. Now, I think I knew who she was before this game. I think I recognized the name, but like she's not, you know, one of the big names in the competition. She was unbelievable. Basically playing at fullback. Um, she was taking intercept marks. She was running the ball out of defensive 50. She, she was really impressive, and they were talking about her endlessly on the coverage. Um, she was probably the Giants' best player. I, th I thought she was fantastic. Um, I mentioned already how they, you know, in contrast to the Swans, wanted to use the wing a lot. Um, I think they'll learn from that, especially. Like, the AFLW play on mostly on these sort of suburban grounds that have very different dimensions to the 
the grounds that the the men play on some of them are shorter some of them are more narrow whatever um but they should learn from this playing on a ground with these kind of dimensions go up the middle go up the middle and i know it's a lot more risky if you turn the ball over in that area of the ground but if you keep going up the wing you're less likely to get to your end at all um so yeah i, I you know and the, the, another thing that that um Gowans, the Sydney coach, had to say about the Giants is that they've had three coaches in their existence. So, you know, that they've had little success, got rid of a coach, got a new one, little success, got a new one. So, you know, I'm not sure the name of their coach, of their new coach at the moment, but I'll be implementing a much more uh, electric ball movement style would be how I'd be trying to improve this team. Um, something that the Giants are going to have to deal with now for the rest of forever is a player who retired in the offseason who was one of their superstars for a long time. That's Cora Staunton. So she's a Irish woman. She was a forward, and she was a goal-kicking superstar, one of the most prolific forwards in the competition, just an unbelievably good player. She, she was, you know, I think she, she, she'd be 45 or something. She's just, she only just retired. So playing... Um, to an impressive age um, and playing so well to such an impressive age. So the Giants have lost her now. So they're going to have to find different avenues to goal. And they've done okay in this game. Like seven goals is not too bad um, by AFLW standards. But if they're going to want to improve, they've got to find more goals somewhere else would be what I would say. Alrighty, that will do for this one, guys. Thanks heaps for listening. Um... Let me know if you if you're watching the AFLW. I know we got the, the the finals for the men's that's about to get underway, but don't forget about the girls. You know, there's going to be four weekends of AFLW happening at the same time, so plenty of football to watch. Um, I know so the so St Kilda thankfully play on Sunday this week, so I can I'm going to go to the elimination final. Hopefully, have a good day there, and then. On Sunday, I don't think I'll, you know, coming from Bendigo, I don't think I'll go back into Melbourne. Um, we're playing at Windy Hill, so I don't think I'll go back into Melbourne. But, you know, just sit on the couch on Sunday, soak up the, hopefully soak up the the spoils of the men's game from the, the previous day and enjoy watching the girls beat the Dons at Windy Hill. That'll, that'll, that'll be the plan. Um, yes, thank you very much for watching Guys, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, leave a review, tell your friends, and I'll see you next time. Bye.